Welcome to Wednesday with the Diamond Riders. Welcome to the Hustle and Shine podcast. I am Tiffany Mathias, your one true phoenix, coming to you live from Brooklyn, New York. It has been a long day. I have been in virtual meetings and uh, Zoom meetings since six o'clock this morning. But tonight, this night that I am sharing with you, um, I don't regret that I started this and I'm happy to be ending it with you all this evening. So who is here? Tonight is the last Wednesday of Women's History Month. I have some special guests joining us this evening. So before we kick it off, I want to give everybody a moment to go and like this episode, go share this episode, go tag some people in this episode. We have some important guests who are going to be joining us tonight. We are going to be discussing cliffhangers, the role that women play in saving businesses. And I have the Queen Pen with us this evening. I have Mel, the MV Pen here with us this evening. And I have special guests, Diamond Rider, Vanessa, P joining us this evening. So I'm going to kick off this intro. I want everybody to go like, share, tag somebody, and I expect to see you all here when we come back after this intro. Let's go! Let's go! All right. So yes, time to hustle on the double. Today is a very special Wednesday. This evening we have the wind down with a spot of tea and some truth on the side. I think that's what our MB pen called it because you have the pleasure of having all three of your uh, Hustle and Shine podcast hosts here with you um, this evening. And so before I bring them out, I want to just recap what we've been doing for the month. So we started out the month of March by introducing the topic of Women's History Month and how we were going to pay tribute to the mark that women have made on society. And Mel started us off with talking about what it's like to be a woman in a male-dominated industry and the struggles that she faces being in this role and gave some tips on how to show up and show out and shine when you're in these spaces. Then we followed up with week two, where it was myself and fellow diamond writer, Lady J.A. We came in and we paid homage to some dope women who have left their mark on society. We gave them their flowers and gave them their recognition. Then week three, we had a guest in the studio, Tiffany Mack, the founder of Nine O'Clock Tea Party, and we discussed what it's like to be a woman entrepreneur. And then we took a break because we was just hitting y'all in the head with it. We was just hitting y'all, hitting y'all, hitting y'all. And then we gave you some recaps and some replays to go and watch. And now we're back for with week five of month of March, and we're talking about cliffhangers. Women who are put in roles in different organizations when there are uncertain times, precarious situations going on, 
women are often placed into these positions of power to come in and save the day, save the company. But what's happening with her? Like, what's going on? So I'm going to bring out our guest first and foremost. I'm going to bring in our queen pen, Natima Sheree. <sighs> Crowd goes wild. Look at her giving all that hair. And then I'm bringing in the MV pen. <laughs> and then, of course, we got Nessa P joining us. Hey, Nessa. Her maiden podcast. Show us some love. Give us some diamonds. Let her know that you're here. <laughs> All right. So um, as we were discussing content, we were trying to figure out, you know, there's so many things for us to discuss. Nessa came up with this brilliant idea of talking about the glass cliff. And I was like, what the heck is that? What is the glass cliff? And so, Nessa, um, you, you dropped the science for us. So let the people know what the glass cliff is so they can understand what we're talking about this evening. She unmuted. Mm -hmm. Oh, me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So the glass cliff. I'm sorry, y'all. The glass cliff is when women um, take on leadership roles and then a very proud moment of, of all women. And then they take on the leadership roles and then left with no resources and expect to this, just uh, sprinkle black girl magic on the company and then save the day. And then and then at the end of the day, we're we're left with with our struggles, with our stress, and left with with the company now saved, and then we're we're left with nothing. Oh, okay. So for everybody, when Vanessa first dropped that bit of knowledge on me, I was like, "Oh, you mean like Kamala Harris?" And then I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that out loud." But <laughs> yeah, you know, we have our first woman vice president she happens to be a woman of color and not for nothing she was kind of handed a shit show you know and now she's sitting here trying to clean it up she's mm -hmm. getting ready to be everybody's fixer she's getting ready to be mm -hmm. she's supposed to be everybody's olivia pope for the whole nation to try and come in and try and you know clean that up and you know i'm just sitting here wondering like why do they think we can do that why do why do people think organizations think that black women could just swoop in and save the day? What makes them think that we do that? Now, our Queen Penn, she works in the corporate industry. She works, you know, for we're not gonna say who, because you know, whatever. But she she's worked for some big time industries, and I'm pretty sure she's been called upon to put the S on her chest and swoop in and save some companies. Mm -hmm. But what impact has that had on you? Yeah, so it's funny that you say why is that the case? And it's because we normally do, right? We step in, um, we take a mess, and then we clean it up, right? And not only do we clean it up, we make it better than it was before. Uh, and we tend to excel in everything we're called to. And so I work in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And normally when an organization has disparity or there's a lot of skill gaps, um, you know, we don't have enough women, there's not enough BIPOC representation, get a team to fix it, right? Get her to do this robust hiring strategy and then make magic happen. Like literally go find every unicorn and every purple squirrel out there that would fulfill, you know, these needs. Um, 
And that's exactly what we do. We take the problem, we break it down into bite-sized pieces where we can begin to solve it, right? And um, we see it happen. And the craziest thing is, to, it's not even in just business, politics. It's in everything. It's in media. It's in entertainment. I think we were talking about this topic a couple of days ago. Uh, I remember when A Different World was struggling. Oof, I'm aging myself. But I remember when the show A Different World was struggling because season one was some, was some garbage. It was not representative of the HBCU by no means, right? Right. What did what did Bill Cosby do? Let me get Debbie, Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen. <laughs> Let me get Debbie Allen to come in and fix this, uh, and that's exactly what she did. Ratings went up. You know, more stars want to be involved. More people watching it. Everybody wants to enroll in the HBCU, and now we don't need you no more, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you. We got this. You fixed it, and that's all we need. And so, what it does to me personally, one, it's an opportunity to show my magic, right? To to remind my organization why they hired me to do the job that I do because I do it well. But it's also an opportunity to get more of us in place so that we don't have so much to fix later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, what it does to me, it reminds me of what I'm literally here to do. I am a fixer. I am a nurturer. I am, you know what I'm saying, the person that pieces things together. I'm administrative. I'm strategic. You know what I'm saying? I'm transformational in the things that I touch. So it honestly just kind of echoes what you already hear in your own head, right? Like this is what you're supposed to do. And these are just honestly opportunities to do it. It gets annoying. I can't lie to you, but it's rewarding at the same time. So thanks. Thank you for that. And see, you brought up the entertainment industry, and that takes us to Mel the Envy Pens. Like, this is what she do here. Like, among other things that she does, but Mel is in entertainment. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, what is that like on the entertainment side to be the fixer, like the career fixer, like to fix somebody's career? You know, people be... See, look, you know know where I'm going. Yeah. I mean... I mean, within my role itself, like as a man running a management company, that's what they think that I'm going to do. Like, they're just like, all right, well, I'm going to hire you. And then you're just going to like create Disneyland in my life and just make it all happen. And it's like, it's unfortunate. It's who we've been since creation. Do you know what I'm saying? We've been the backbone and the support system and, you know, the needle and the thread to, to the world that we live in right now. We literally took the world, put it on our back, sewed it together and brought it across, you know, so it's traveled with us. Do you know what I mean? And even like when Natima was talking about Debbie Allen and the movie um, Hidden Figures, it was like the same thing. It was like, you know, they had these group of women who were behind the scenes creating everything. And then if y'all remember, like at the end of the movie, the astronaut was like, yeah, I'm not going until she tells, until she checks in. So they're like running all these miles to go get her to bring her back you know, and to do all these calculations. And then she's like, yes, it's good to go. And she runs back to bring them the numbers and they like open the door, take the paper and close the door on her face. Thank you you for saving, you know, this launch real good. You know, and then of course somebody came back and and let her, and was like, no, like let her, like finally was like, no, she deserves to be here. But the fact that that had to happen, you know, the fact that he, somebody had to come back and say, no, the woman that just saved the day should be in the room. Why is that not obvious? Mm-hmm. And so in entertainment, I get it all the time. Um, a lot of the artists or people that I work with, the companies I work with will tell me straight up. They're like, 
we know we know what it's about. They was like, we know if you send a woman, an, an educated, knowledgeable, one professional woman in to do the job, it's gonna get done. Yeah. Right. And like they say, they don't. There's no like they don't feel bad about it. There's not like that's how they feel. And mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, but fortunately, we've continued to do it. So we're expected to be superwoman. Yep. You know, they that expect is- to just have all the answers. Yeah, yeah, that is that is so true. It's it's we're just expected to. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes am tired of being expected to. Yeah. And it doesn't it's not even just the corporate world or the entertainment industry. I don't think there's anything where or any place where they haven't figured out like insert black woman here automatic fix. So mm-hmm. I'm here in New York team is in Georgia, you're in Florida. Mm-hmm. We got, New York has its first woman governor, Kathy Hochul. We have a woman attorney general, uh, Letitia James. And now New York City has its first um, woman uh, woman um, police commissioner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so New York is like, as a state is like, oh, we're just going to keep putting these women where they mm-hmm. need to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, do I want to be here out of the tokenism of insert black woman, fix everything? Or do I want to be here for the value that I actually bring? Because right. what ends up happening, as it was mentioned earlier, um, by Nessa is like, after we fix it, it's like, okay, thank you for your services. Mm-hmm. What, you, mm-hmm. what you what you mean thank you for my my sir wait this is my baby now <laughs> this this belong to me now what you mean you taking it away from me right you know, right like, it's like thank I you want- for your services until we need you again right right so i want to ask vanessa have you experienced that yourself since this was your topic have you been dangling off the glass cliff yes yes <laughs> i work in the healthcare field so right now I'm vice president of medical and nursing at an undisclosed company. And when I got there, it was it was a, a, a fixer upper, and it still is. But I I won't I won't comment on that. But um, in the past, I, um, I I built I built a medical spa from the ground up. And um, after I was done, they they said thank you for your services, and then sent me on my way. So is essentially, essentially this this is this happens in all types of fields: healthcare, education, school principals, um, us us doctors, um, just you name it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I see we've had some comments dropped. Um, let's see what our people are saying. So we have Tierra Berry in the spot. Hey, T. She's watching us on YouTube. Yes. Yes. She understood the assignment. (laughs) She said, we sure do. And they know it. It's because we work without boundaries. We have to recognize, um, I guess it's our own worth and make them work for it. Thank you very much for that one. So true. And we got Daisha who came in. She's watching us on Facebook. She said, yes, carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of the crick in my neck from like 
Girl. <laughs> it's heavy. Because it is physically wearing on us. It yes. is. It is. And I'm just going to, you know, put a little, drop a little balance. Women, um, their number one killer is heart disease, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stress, mm-hmm. all that other stuff. So it, it's not just, it's not just something we made up. This manifests within our body, shows up as disease in our body yep. when we end up with high blood pressure, heart disease, fibroids. thyroid issues like these things were not happening to us hundreds of years ago or or 50 years ago these things happen to us now because we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders as um daisha said and now the result of that is that we're no longer taking care of ourselves the way that we're supposed to and it's starting to show up in our health you know, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to to, to point that out. No, so, then, so then we go into the save everything. So after saving everything, we get severed from it. It gets taken away from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what result do you think that has um, on the psyche of the woman? You know, let's let's talk about the psyche and the emotional um, toll that that takes on us. It's beyond the pride of having it taken away and now maybe having to start all over again at another organization or back down within the same organization and losing respect of peers and everything Mm -hmm. like that. But what else does that how else does that um, impact us in our mental and emotional state? Because, you know, they always say women are emotional creatures. So now you're going to play with my emotions intentionally. Right. 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 And then talk about we show up as the angry black woman. Girl, that part. (laughs) Yes, I'm angry because I'm tired. (laughs) That part. (laughs) Exactly. Tima, I saw your eyes kind of cut into your curls there for a minute. (laughs) I, I feel like this is a topic that's very close to your heart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, speak speak on it. Daisha says, speak on it. Speak on it. No, because I I see it happen too many times. Not just to me personally, but I've seen it happen to other professionals in my same space where they're you know asked to come in to put out fires. You know, what I'm saying to redirect an initiative, uh, to save relationships and strategic partnerships, to do all of these things that would overwhelm the average person and would normally take a team of people to do, right? So not only are you asked to do this, but you're asked to do it as an individual contributor, no resources, as as Vanessa pointed out earlier, no backing, no nothing. Just make the magic happen, prove yourself, right? So I feel like, first off, that's where I'll start. It's it put being asked to do something that was clearly impossible for anybody else to do, because that's why you're now calling me, but you're telling me to do this with no resources, no team, and now to prove that I'm good enough to do it. But no one else had to prove that they could handle it, right? So when I do it and I perform and I succeed and then you take it away from me and you hand it over to someone who could not handle it when it was broken, they could not handle it when you know it was leaking and it was hemorrhaging money and it was, you know what I'm saying, the organization wanted to cut it you know, from from strategy and all those things. Now you're giving it to someone else. So that makes me feel like I wasn't worthy, 
that I was literally used. You know, it made me feel used and it made me feel inadequate because it's like, well, if I'm good enough to fix it, why am I not good enough to lead it and manage it and foster it and own it? You know what I'm saying? And so it leaves so much insecurity professionally. And that's something we never talk about. We don't talk about professional trauma. We don't talk about professional insecurity and situations like this lead to those things. It definitely births birth those questions in us. Am I good enough? And then what happens is now we're redirecting our career. Your career didn't need redirection. That was not it. It's those feelings of inadequacy have you like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be this kind of professional. Maybe I should go teach or maybe I should, you know what I'm saying? No, that's not what that was. That was someone who really couldn't see your actual value add, your business value add. And so they made you feel inadequate. And I've gone through that too many times in my career. Hand, handing me a mess. Not only do I got to figure out the mess, like y'all ever see that um, when your kids try to do those those maps, the, the number maps, and, you, and you're like, how did you get from 17 to 28? And you trying to fix it for them? You don't even know where, they, where the mess started. No. So you have to first unravel everything, uncover all the pain points, uncover the mess, and then begin to rebuild with limited support. And then exactly. when the baby is ready and she's shiny and pretty and oh, corporate America is so proud of it. Thanks to Tima. We're going to go give this over to, to Brad. And I'll leave it there because <laughs> I signed the NDA. So I'll leave it. Hold on. You said a lot. Let's let's all take a sip and a breath off of that one. Yes. Let's do that. <laughs> I don't have my glass. Sip. <laughs> so clink, 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 clink. clink. You know what this is making me think about? It's making me think about a domino effect and some of the things that we previously discussed. So we sat here and we talked about women showing up in male-dominated industries and what it's like being there. And we sat there and we talked about the rise of the Black female entrepreneur. Hmm. Let's see how this stuff is all connected. Why are women going out there and starting their own businesses and their own organizations? Oh, because if I start my own, because I know I can do it, because I already fixed your stuff. Mm -hmm. I already been running your stuff. So if I'm going to sit here and put all this time, all this investment into your organization, blood, sweat, and tears, and then have it taken away from me when you so choose to, then how about I start my own? And can't nobody take my own away from me. Mm -hmm. So we, maybe we just true. connected the dots on why women entrepreneurship is such in high rise. Yes. Putting us on the edge of the cliff to fix something. And then once it's fixed, go boop, push us off. Mm -hmm. And you give us a little, mm -hmm. little parachute or whatever it is. And we take that parachute and just like anything, you know, they be like, oh, you give a woman, you know, supplies, you give her ingredients, she make a meal, you know, right. you give her bricks and furniture, she make a home. So you mm -hmm. don't gave me this little piece of education on your dime. You don't gave me this little parachute to fall now that you finished with me. I'm going to take it. I'm going to become your competition. That part. I'm gonna become your worst enemy because I already know the ins and outs of how your company works. I know where the flaws are, so I know what not to do. I'm coming for you and your marketplace. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Take that from me. <laughs> yeah. They don't. They this value like even for me within with my I guess you could say traditional nine to five. We'll leave them out of it too. But yeah, like when I got there, it was like Tim said, it was 
crack. Stuff had we they had backlogs for years of stuff. And they was like this new position that was created, and it was like here, no guidance, no nothing. Nobody knew, nobody knew where data was, nobody knew where information was. And they're like, Yeah, but now we gotta get this in because you know our government or our overseers or whatever, if we don't, we're gonna get all these things. And I'm like, how am I gonna figure this out? And then now when years everything's running smooth, running great, and I'm like, Yeah, I need some more money. Like it was, they were looking at me like, why? There's no budget. It wasn't even so much there was no budget. It was like, show me why. Why? Prove to me why. And I'm like, you, you, mean, you mean that pile of scrap metal that I turned into your Bentley? Like that's, that wasn't enough proof for you? Right. And it was like, no, show us. Like put yourself on display and prove to us your worth. As if the the smooth functioning of your organization was not proof enough, right? And so that's why you asking, what does it do to you? This makes you it makes you it makes you wonder or puts you in a position to question your worth based on this situation. Yeah, Am I yeah. only good enough to do this? Am I only worth this? Am I only sufficient enough for this? Yeah. And but that's what they want because right. they want you to feel like you have to keep pulling at their coattail. For right. that. And yep. so I know for me, like the entrepreneurship, I went to my boss after that and I was like, so let me show you how much, let me, let me, let me let you question my worth for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming to the office no more. I'm working from home because I have a business that I'm trying to run and this is interfering. So you have two options. You can let me work from home or I quit. Mm. And Period. like when I told people I did that, they were looking at me like, Period. What, if, what if he said you quit? I said I would have packed my duffel bag and left and been like, have a great day. And no, and no, I'm not leaving you a training manual. And no, I'm not telling you all the passwords. And no, I'm not telling you the backhand secrets. Y'all figure this out. But he knew, like, in me making that demand, he knew, dang, nobody else really knows how to do this. But they know this. Like, they know this in the back of their mind, but they want you to jump through hoops to prove it to them because unfortunately up until very recently women were not we were not demanding it we were not saying no i deserve this no i deserve more we were accepting right right whatever they gave you right yeah Yeah. that that little piece of like here's your little crumb and Mm -hmm. and for a long time we were very appreciative of that crumb mm-hmm. because it took us that long to get to the table to be able to get the crumb so yeah right. you know it's like a kid at thanksgiving when the family come around they keep inching their chair away from the kitty table and trying to get to the grown-up <laughs> table kind of like that you know right and it's like so you finally get that little crumb and it's like yes i'm thankful for my crumb mm-hmm. but we're some decades past being thankful for a crumb Come on, talk. Come on, talk. You know, there is no way that I sat here and saved your company, saved your organization, saved your ass if I happen to be a political or a fixer in the entertainment industry or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to be thankful for that crime. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't do what I did, you would be crimes. You know, you you would cease to exist. So the goal of that organization, Mel, to sit there and tell you, oh, well, 
show and prove that you deserve this raise. Like right. you said, I, I already did. Right. I already I I fixed it at what you were paying me, what you saw my worth as. Right. Now, in order to maintain this, yeah, I de I deserve this because this is now about maintenance. Because mm -hmm. just as quickly as I fix this, or as long as it mm -hmm. took me to fix it, that's how quickly it could fall apart without my brand's yeah. ingenuity behind mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so I wish I would have looked in the stats and been like, okay, like once a woman fixed something and they took it away from her, how soon did it fall apart? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. 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 All right. So come on in, Nessa. You quiet over there. Like, tell us on your end when this when this happened to you, what did you learn from it? So we already discussed like the emotional turmoil it takes when that's taken away from you, but there's always a lesson that we walk away with. So what yeah. did you learn about Vanessa when this happened to you? Well, I learned to always have a side hustle because without that side hustle, my family could not eat. Mm -hmm. You know, on top of that, the protection of intellectual property. I did not protect my intellectual property. So I lost it. So mm -hmm. um, this this medical spa is doing very well, flourishing. And I'm left here with, with my ideas stolen, you know, and I'm, I'm left to build from the ground up. So I'm, I'm blessed and I'm happy to to, to say now that I, I recreated myself, reinvented myself, because if if you had a problem with me and then you you had to steal my ideas, then you obviously can't make another me, you know? So that that yes. part is what I gained yes. from it. That's good. I want to thank you for dropping that terminology in the space. So we're in a space now of creatives. We're writers, we're mm -hmm. podcasters, we're motivational speakers, we're content creators. All of these things mm -hmm. are our intellectual property. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are going out and they're putting their stuff out into the universe. They're putting yeah. it on social media, any and all platforms, because they're trying to get the recognition and yeah. build you know, they're, they're following. And yeah. um, behind the scenes, we were recently just discussing TikTok as a mm -hmm. platform. And it's a big thing about the fact that Black content creators on TikTok do not get their flowers and their recognition for right. the things that they create, mm -hmm. whether it's oh. dances or music or whatever it is. Right. So mm -hmm. it gets it gets mixed and and rewrapped and and sold mm -hmm. out. And so if you go and search, you know, a trend or whatever it is, it's not the black creator who created it that pops mm -hmm. up. Right other people with the thousands of followers who appropriated it who are getting a oh, I mean, so, um, <laughs> whether it's Natima or Mel who have more experience or even you, Nessa, mm -hmm. what are some ways we can protect our intellectual property so that it doesn't get severed from us? It's not something that gets taken away from us because as you just said, this particular organization, um, Nessa, is now flourishing on your mm -hmm. ideas because yeah. you didn't protect. 
I guarantee you the next company you come in for, they're going to be signing some paperwork for what you yeah. come up with. But how do yeah. we protect that in general? And that can go out I, to any one of you. I would say uh, copyright your your ideas. You know, put a patent on it if, 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 it's, if it's moving. You know, put a patent on it. Copyright it. Um, definitely, um, if, even if if you if you can't afford to copyright it, just just put it in the envelope and mail it to to yourself. Like mail a poor man copyright. Yes, right. exactly. Yes, mm -hmm. right. A, a poor man's copyright. You know, <laughs> yeah. Mail it to yourself. Email it to yourself. I say, mail it to yourself. Email it to yourself. Right. All the rights, copyright. You know, right. trademark. Right. Um, you know, all you want to make sure that you you put your brand on everything that you do. Yeah. Contracts. I don't do anything without a contract. Mm -hmm. I don't, it don't matter. It could be for $50. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do anything true. without a signed agreement or a signature of some, some sort that says, you agree to use me for this. This is mm -hmm. what I'm going to provide. Yeah. And this is mine. So right. we have to, we, we, like, we get so, we've gotten so mobile. So everything is like, let me shoot you a text. Yeah. Call. There's no track record for none of that stuff. Even if right. you have a meeting with someone and you discuss something in a meeting and you you give them an idea, after you leave that meeting, send an email. With an email. They right. get a meeting with me where I yep. discuss my idea for where I yep. want to do and send that email because that is your track record to say that you brought this to the table. That's mm -hmm. right. So we gotta just keep we gotta we gotta make sure we paper trail. Like I know we're in this digital stage. So find a way to digitally paper trail yourself, but you have to paper trail every day. Like we can't be so relying on text message and WhatsApp and these chat stuff where people can delete. And now text message threads aren't even lit because you can now edit a text message once it's sent. Mm -hmm. right. Like, yeah, copyright right. your stuff, trademark your stuff, and make sure you put everything in writing, whether it's a physical yep. contract, uh, you know, electronic agreement via email, something. But make sure you 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 cover yourself. And make sure it's dated. You have to have mm -hmm. a date on it. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I just wanted to add before we even get to copyright and protecting intellectual property, learn to read the fine print. I know yeah. before I was the queen pen, I was the book enthusiast. Read mm -hmm. in your employment contracts, read mm -hmm. it because most of them say any ideas you bring to the table while employed at such and such company belongs Long to such to. and such company right so you have no recourse you have mm -hmm. no like you literally have no rights and so read i cannot stress that enough mm -hmm. you have to read everything before you sign it when you sign up for youtube they say the exact same thing in your end user agreement any content you create is licensed to youtube and yeah. they can repurpose it. And what do they do? They sell clips of, of, of YouTube viral videos to different brands. We see it mm -hmm. all the time. I remember mm -hmm. Cheerios, um, General Mills was one of the first to do it. It was literally a reel and a compilation of other people with their children, with their families. And they mm -hmm. made a multi-billion dollar campaign off of it. Mm -hmm. Because and some people got nothing. Did, and we ain't got nothing to show for it. But we <laughs> didn't read. When you sign up for TikTok, do you read any of the agreement? No. You just I just want to be on TikTok because everybody else on TikTok. And I'm, <laughs> on TikTok and I'm gonna be the next big thing. But did you read that everything you post on there belongs to that platform? 
-hmm. and we sell data i work in tech it you ain't archiving nothing you ain't deleting nothing we got it all and we sell it to major organizations so that's no longer your data or your content. It belongs to the platform owner. It belongs to the, you know what I'm saying, to the organization that owns the platform. However you want to say it, read your stuff. That's all I'm saying. Just, just y'all can start, do all the other stuff that my, my, my sister said, but read. Let me, right let me tell y'all the funniest story, right? So I worked at a particular um, retail company and customers were able to put things on layaway no shade on any layaway people be doing it now it's okay right girl that's all after pay is so part of the you know customers come and put their items on layaway pay the little fee put their little deposit this that next and another we'd give them a receipt and we would tell them to read the receipt because the layaway policy was at the bottom of the receipt which basically yeah. stated that if you did not pick up your layaway on time, it would be canceled. Less the cancellation fee, you would get your your deposit back on a store credit. You would not right. get your money back. Right. Or if you so choose to cancel your layaway, you were still only to get store credit. So long story short, you could never get your money back. You were going to be charged a cancellation fee and you were only going to get store credit. I remember having to go and speak to this man who had did a layaway, canceled the layaway, started cursing my cashier out because he was only getting store credit less his fees. And he was like, well, nobody ever told me this, that, next, and another. I said, okay, sir, I'm sorry if my cashier didn't explain that to you, but you do understand you signed this receipt here and you, you said that you understood that I didn't read it. He's like, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you. So I was chuckling. I was like, so first of all, you're going to sue me for less than $100. But I said, okay, I'll see you in court because I want to see what the judge says when you sit there and you said you signed a piece of paper without reading it. I don't care it was a receipt from the department store. You signed something without reading. If you put your signature on something, it is a binding contract. I don't care what it is. What it is. It's Here a binding contract. I don't care. It's a register receipt. It yeah. said you understood you were entering into an agreement with this organization and these were the stipulations for it. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's mm -hmm. not a contract. It was a receipt. I said, let me explain to you what the parts of a contract is. Offer. Right. We offer to put your stuff on layaway. Acceptance. You said, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> agreement. And you signed it. It was <laughs> offer, yeah. acceptance, agreement. It's a okay. contract, it's sir. A contract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. oh, yeah. People don't take that stuff seriously. I deal with clients and stuff all the time when we book like musicians and stuff. And I my my contract, I don't go like I said, you I said I don't go nowhere, I don't do nothing without a contract. I don't care if it's fifty dollars. But I clearly have a cancellation policy in my contract. And then first of all, I don't even I have companies like, oh well, it's just this one thing I don't want to sign a contract. That's nice. You can find somebody else because if you can't sign a contract, what what you running from? Right. What kind of what are you doing shady while you won't sign it? Mm -hmm. But it clearly has a cancellation policy and it states the stip, the, you know, 30 days, you know, 14 days, week of. And they'd be like, oh, well, I'm not paying this cancel because it, because it, I can't control the weather. Do you see where you, and see my contract, you got an initial next to all the disclosures and then sign the bottom. So not only did you initial it where it said, if you cancel within this amount of time, regardless of weather, 
this is what happens. Right. Why? Because we live in a state where it rains all the time. You know this. So that's right. your obligation. But this, and they try to fight, and I'd be like, no problem. Give me one second. Yeah. I don't argue people. I have attorneys for that. <laughs> oh, you this not your this your signature? And not only did you sign it, you signed it and then emailed it back. And and I always ask if there's any changes, let me know. You wrote it back and say, I'm good with it. Here's the contract. So in other words, they took the extra steps to be ignorant and uninformed. (laughs) People don't take it seriously. Like people don't really fully understand the legality or the seriousness of contracts. They think it's just like formality. Right. They don't understand, like, no, you actually are bound to whatever's in here. Like if I wrote in this contract, if you start five minutes late, you gotta pay me five thousand dollars. Guess what? You gotta pay me five thousand dollars because you signed it. And a lot of people do that. They yep. slide these little slick things into the parts where they know we're not going to read it. Because people only people look: is the date correct? Is my name correct? Is the amount correct? Is that? And they skip everything else, and they slide these little stuff in the middle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's like yep. even like you, you was talking about team we're hiring. People don't even understand. A lot of companies they they put cl- like termination clauses in your agreement, in so your some of them yeah. don't even have to have a reason to fire you. No, mm-hmm. at will. At and will states, states. I was say that. Yep. At will states, they don't gotta give you a reason. You're out. I'm just one of them. Yeah. And so you sign this, and then you get mad, like, oh, well, they didn't. You you agreed to work here, where it said that they, they could fire you tomorrow if they woke up and felt like I don't like her shirt. And, and there's nothing you can do. Idea that you brought to the table. They're not Absolutely. obligated to release none of it. Yeah. So, so we yeah. kind of went off. We kind of went off on a tangent here, but I hope it was one that people are walking away from with some jewels dropped because we talked about contracts and understanding mm-hmm. the importance of, of of protecting your intellectual property on your end with a contract. But we also discussed the importance of you reading your contracts and making sure because at the end of the day, when it comes down to these businesses, these organizations, whatever mm-hmm. it is. If you are not protected by these contracts, they could sever you from everything that you built up and you created. Yep. You know, so two things I want to announce in case anybody has noticed it. We are now like about 40 something minutes, almost 45 minutes into this episode. And that is because our queen pen heard you. We have now returned to the one hour format. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. <laughs> Listen, our 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 uh, watchers were like, "Hold up, thirty minutes is not enough." No, yeah, our viewers no, are like, "Give us back enough. our hour." Right, right. <laughs> like y'all tried. Put some respect on our time. Exactly. <laughs> so yes, cute. we still okay. have another fifteen minutes with y'all. If there are people who you think need to hear this, please go ahead, keep tagging. Please keep sharing. Please keep just spreading the word on both YouTube and Facebook. We need your love and support. So we're going to take this into the next phase of the conversation. And that is successful in everything. So as women, as BIPOC women, when we come in, we don't understand what failure is. Like we beat ourselves up and 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 like, oh, you could have did better. You could have did better. But we don't understand what failure is. Failure is not an option. Is one of those things like if we were Kentucky Fried Chicken, it was eleven herbs and spices. Failure is not an option. Is mm-hmm. one of those eleven right. herbs and spices, and we don't understand that. 
even when we're successful, we beat ourselves up because we could have did more. We could have been better, you know? So after we have come into these companies, Mm -hmm. these organizations, and we've swooped in as super women with the S on our chest and we have saved everything and they Mm -hmm. have taken it away from us, we still find a way to put some shine on it. We still figure out how to take this thing and be like, well, that was my lesson. Here comes my blessing. All that cliche stuff right Mm -hmm. there. So let's talk about the success and put the high note on this thing that happens to us as women in organizations and business. And I'll just start off by saying, I think one of the things that helped me to constantly remind myself that I am successful in what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. It's not from what I hear from my higher ups. It's what I hear from the people who reported to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I got let go from my organization a couple of years ago, there were people who were really like upset that I was being let go. You're like, but no, you came in and you did all of this and you changed this and you made this better and everything like that. And it was like, you know what? As upset as I was about being let go, knowing that I made an impact on someone and provided them with inspiration, let me know that, you know what? They might not have seen what I could do and what I did, but this person did. And that helped me to know that I lit the fire under somebody. And, you know, that's what I walked away from with that lesson. That, you know what, my time here might not have been successful according to that organization. But Mm -hmm. this person that worked for me, that worked under me said, yes, I was. So that's how I define success, especially Mm -hmm. as a leader. I I don't take my kudos from the hires up. When I can take somebody and turn them into another leader, that's yeah. when I, I did my job. Yeah. Yeah. Real yeah. leaders create other leaders. That's right. So yeah. what about you, um, Mel? How do you know once you've been successful in something? What's your spin on it? When I told my boss, look, when I can walk in my office and tell my boss I quit and I don't care. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I think for me, like, you know, you've reached a point of success when you're no longer concerned with the crumb. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you're when it's like I, I can do without the crumb. Like it's right. fine. You can you can take your crumb. Like I'm not worried right. about that. Right. Um, that's when you know because you start you start to recognize your worth and your value. And I think that's the most most pinnacle point of like understanding of being successful is when you finally get how much you're worth and how much you're valued. Yeah, because right. then no one can dictate the crumb for you. And I was like, crumb? No, nah, I need a whole cake. Matter of fact, I need the yeah. whole baby. Right. <laughs> it's not. And and that's yeah. when you get to that point when you start to really realize the work that you've put in and the work that you've done. Yeah. Um, and then when you decide to stop doing it for other people. Like, I'm not giving you all of me to then mm-hmm. take it and give it to somebody else. Exactly. I'm going to do this for me. And if I choose to give you my crumbs... <laughs> Then lucky you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, like I said, the, I guess the the, nut, the 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 gist of it is when you stop accepting the crumbs and decide to be the one dishing out the crumbs, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. is when you you know you've reached that that point of okay something something's worth something's working here for yeah. me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What about you, Tima? How do you know that you've been successful? How are you defining your success? Um, I want to be thoughtful about my response because one of the things that Mel said, and it, it took me to a thought that I had earlier, I just didn't get a chance to share, but when we do come and fix the mess and we come and you know redirect or re-engineer you know, something, uh, whether it's a strategy or an initiative or whatever we it is that we're called in to do. If it fails, it's our fault. But if it succeeds, they take the credit for it, right? And we're just a part of the backstory. We're just a part of the context. And so that's why we work so hard. Because it's like, we'd rather be a part of the success, even though the success solely belongs to us, than own all of the failure, right? And so right. it goes to your point, Tiff, when you were saying how we work so hard failure is just something we cannot touch um and that used to be me but since abandoning grind culture and perfectionism i've redefined what success looks like for me and that's my brand equity like you said who knows me and the work that i do who knows the things that i've been significant in and areas that i have been able to change even on a small scale right because for me everything is scalable whether it's I did something different this week than last week, that's growth. I can measure growth from last week. And so that's literally, it's really like Mel said about your mindset. When I see things go wrong at work, I'm like, whatever. You know what I mean? Whether my hands were on it or not, it's whatever. But when it's successful, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm building toward my brand equity because people are going to know my name. Natima was a part of that project. Natima took care of that. And not just those that I collaborate and partner with and work cross-functionally with. But I'm talking, like you said, folks that get to come up through the ranks because of the doors that I've opened for them. That all points back to me. So Mm -hmm. even if the, you know what I'm saying, the success isn't, the notoriety and the success isn't on a granular, on a grand level and it's very granular, I'm still grateful because I'm like, somebody knows Mm -hmm. that I'm going to change here. Somebody. And that's, more toward who I'm becoming as a person. Because one day I'm gonna chuck these deuces to corporate America. Like, sorry, the diamonds is way too big for me to still work here. <laughs> here, here, cheers to that. Yeah, right. Yes, I'll drink to that. Yeah, that's me being able to build toward my, my brand equity as a, my brand as a professional, not as an organization, but as a professional. Mm-hmm. I swear, I'll take it. Yeah, and there you go. Thank you so much for that. And once again, everybody, cheers to the diamonds blowing up to the point that Natima can tell corporate America, kiss my grits. <laughs> I just aged myself for real, though. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. You really did, but that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. And and for those of y'all that are not watching, go Google Kiss My Grits and y'all gonna start using it too. <laughs> they will. Right. Right. And so that's so we're gonna circle back around to you. Yeah. How are you defining your success in everything? Well, I document everything. Um in in my in my field, it, it if you don't document it, it never happens. So every milestone I, I take note and I, I always I always have a pending email that that I, I log all my accomplishments and when 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 I speak to to the CEO I, I, I list all of that 
and I, I say, who who's better than me? Because <laughs> if if you're not your 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 biggest cheerleader, leader, your your biggest advocate, who who else will? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Not not everyone is cheering for you. No, but you can cheer the loudest for you. You don't yeah. need everyone else. You know, right. and and celebratory celebrating your own successes. You know, people might look at you like you crazy, whether you sit in there and you you got a glass office and people see you doing a little happy dance or yep. doing whatever it is. People mm -hmm. will start being like, oh, she must have won another one. She must have mm -hmm. won another one. And they start looking forward to like, oh, wait, did yeah. she win another one? They keep peeping yeah. in your office to see if yeah. you're celebrating you. So you should always, always celebrate you. So before we start closing out, I want to just hop into these comments because it's been popping. So here's Tierra back again from Facebook. She said the response of the community made my loss worth it. It was the community I truly serviced. Thank you, Tierra, for that one. Danielle joining us on Facebook. That's my co-work. That's 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 my 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 co-heister. I don't know what we're going to be talking about next month. Everything about valid transparency, in case y'all haven't noticed, all of them icons are starting to change to that book cover. But. Okay. <laughs> she said, I had to leave an organization and come back for them to see my work. What, man? Like, all right. You gonna, you, gonna, you gonna miss me when I'm gone. That absence, yeah. And yeah. I hope when you came back, they gave you the coin to match because Period. sometimes that really be the like. I think um, Mel was mentioning it. Like you ask for just like a little bit of appreciation, a little bit of reciprocity. They can't do it. Right. But then when they figure out once you're gone, they really can't do it. Now they gotta call you back. I hope you know your word and you got Period. everything that you yep. were expected and more. Because mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. would have fell apart without you. Without you, right, right. What the saying say? Yesterday's price is not today's price. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, let's all drink to that. Yesterday's price yeah. is not today's price. Not today's price. Period. I'll drink to that. Yeah. <laughs> when my when my husband started his organization, I got him a little thing for his desk. It says, "Know your worth and then add tax." And yeah. add tax. Yep. And gratuity. Yeah. Is that yeah. the tax, the tax, the gratuity, the service fee? I'm sorry, I've been out, I've been out brunching, and them little hidden fees when you go out brunching, right, girl? Be like, what is this service fee? Because we had a table. Yes, yeah. the they already they already added the tip, and then expect more tip. And look, they added it whether the service was good, whether the food good was or good, bad, bad, right? Nope. So guess what? If they could do it. So can you. That's right. Yeah. Your work. Right. Exactly. Right. All right. So we are going to start closing this down. And you know how we do here at the Hustle and Shine podcast. We want to make sure everybody walks away with a little gem drop, with a little final thought on what it is we want you to know what we think about this. And so I'm going to say this, right? I enjoy being a cliffhanger. I enjoy the the rush of adrenaline that goes into it. And you know what? If I happen to fall off, may that golden parachute lead me to softer and greener pastures because mm -hmm. I wasn't meant to be there. 
I'm right. only meant to be where spirit wants me to be. That's so. true. Bye-bye. And good luck. <laughs> what you got, Mel, for us? What's your gem drop? My gem drop is take the S off your chest. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in your DNA does it say you have to be the superhero and save mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Pick and choose your battles. Nowhere yep. to step in. No when to notice that the sound and know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's okay. my favorite country music song. <laughs> For real. Me and Cindy Rogers are like this. <laughs> yep. Listen, it's it's facts. You gotta know where you gotta know where your where your worth is appreciated and where yep. it's right. and where it's not, it's time to go. So yep. understand that you just just because you can fix it doesn't mean you have to. That's right. right. That part. All right. All right. What you got for us, Queen Pen? Yeah, I was literally just gonna say something similar. Like, don't don't be afraid to like share your shine. I know that you're like, oh, this employer doesn't appreciate me, but there's somebody watching. There's always one person, at least one person watching. So maybe those you report to, those that you work with are not appreciative. They're not giving you your recognition. They're not giving you your flowers. But keep shining because that's going to open a door to another opportunity. I see it happen all the time where, you know, these big companies um, have like these top executives. They don't appreciate them. They go and start their own company. And then the startup yep. is looking for people and they'll call on you because they'll remember what you brought to the table. They'll remember yep. you know, how you held your head up and how you executed in excellence. All of those things matter to somebody. So start with you, let them matter to you, but don't be afraid to shine despite, you know, the lack of appreciation that you're getting until another door opens for you. That is true. So you keep sprinkling your magic everywhere you go because somebody is absorbing it. Somebody's picking it up and watching you. That is so true. Thank you so much for that. And then Nessa, what you got for them? Yesterday's price is not today's price, (laughs) not tomorrow's price. Always make them pay. Make them pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that whole one about just because you can doesn't mean you don't have to. And please understand, you just have four different perspectives on this. And for each and every person out there, there is a different way of looking at this. I think mm-hmm. all of us as a collective want you to know that at the end of the day, your mental, emotional, and physical health are what matter. So mm-hmm. know you, know your body, listen to yourself beyond mm-hmm. anything else. If you can hang off that cliff like me, do that. If you yep. gonna sit there and sprinkle and be the shine for, and the beacon for someone coming up in the ranks like Tima, mm-hmm. do that. If you like Melon, like I'm tired of this, I'm putting this down, do that. And if you like nothing, like, yeah, I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna do this, but you gonna pay the price, do that. But yep. do what is right for you, what is holistically best for you. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you only have yourself to look at at the end of the night when you yeah. go home and and look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself whether or not it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just all want to thank you for joining us this Wednesday evening for the final episode of Women Appreciation Month, Women's History Month. We want you to not forget to like, share, and subscribe to all of our various social medias. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. 
each of the diamonds, Mel V, the Queen Pen, myself, Phoenix, that's a P. We are all on these social medias. Yep. And find us in one spot at www.diamondwriters.com. And yeah. do not, do not forget to click on that event tab. And get your tickets to the time happening on May 21st. Listen, the way that we are pulling this together, I'm telling you now, if you don't have your tickets, you are going to be mad. It happened in D.C. It happened in New York. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, hand to God or whoever it is that you praise to, you are going (laughs) to be mad if you are not in there. Because when we come back in because I don't think we're going to do it right afterwards. But when we come back that first podcast afterwards and we sit there and we talk about it, you'll be like, oh, man, when the next one? you going to have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Don't be like them people. You know, we from we New Yorkers. So I love my people. But don't be like them and wait till two weeks before and then be like, but the ticket sold out. You had three months. Yeah, That happened in New York. That's what I said. Don't be like our New York crew that was upset because they waited and them tickets sold out and then that was it. We love y'all. But once the tickets sell out, we're not adding more tickets. We're not not Beyonce. We're not adding the second show. (laughs) That's it. It's not going to be a second night. It's that night. So if the tickets sell out... And no, I'm serious, because she's not playing. Like, right now, we still have the tier tickets there. We have... And so... As a, a an ops manager, I got told that if I want my family in there, I better go register them. Because if the tickets close out, <laughs> it don't matter who you know. So stop mm-hmm. asking who all in there and just be there. <laughs> who not in there? You not in there because you don't got a ticket. You're not there. Right. You're not there. <laughs> In the infamous words of our queen pen who's sitting here tonight, until next time, don't forget to hustle and shine. Hustle and shine. Good night. Good night.